It is the breakfast show here on Faith FM. You're with the Double L team, Lyle and Lawson. We are about to get into our 20 million movement Bible study. 20 million people all studying the same passage of the Bible at the same time. You can join that movement right here on Faith FM. Before we do, we have text messages to get through along with another question for the quiz. Yeah, just wanted to say quickly, we don't endorse Ben Simmons. He didn't do anything bad, but I just don't like him as a basketball player. He he was in the news. He's just I'm <laughs> looking at you like what are you talking about? <laughs> no, he's he, he's an Australian basketball player in the United States, probably the best one that we've had in a while. And then last year he sat out the year because he just didn't want to play for You don't have to the, play if he doesn't want to. No, but he's getting paid millions of dollars by the Philly, Philadelphia seventy sixes and then he was just If they're like, gonna pay a million dollars to sit on his backside, then Nah, more full. We hate Ben Simmons. Oh, no, that's, no, that's <laughs> terrible. The Bible says love everybody. Amen. Except Ben Simmons. Okay, Lawson, uh, Lawson. <laughs> let's, okay, let's this is it. where this is where the the, the ministry of rebuke okay. needs to come into play. Okay, you have been Thank rebuked. You. Thank you. Which king did Saul take prisoner in spite of God's command that the king be executed? We were talking about Saul yesterday. Actually, mm-hmm. we didn't mention this name, but. In and around this guy. In fact, this is the reason why Saul lost the kingship. Mm. Again, that question was, which uh, king did Saul take prisoner? So you got King Saul, he takes another king prisoner in spite of God's command to execute that king. 0491 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. If you do, you'll go into the draw to win our three amazing biographies. The man, the richest caveman, the man who couldn't be killed, and finally, the French pilot. You can win all of them. We'll give all of them to you. All you have to do is answer these questions correctly and give us a call or a text. 0491 will be drawing those prizes tomorrow. All right, the great stuff right there. Let's look at text messages and find out what you had to say about the first half of the show. Yeah, let's have a look at some text messages. We have here, what are the side effects of ethanol on the plants? I know when they modify wheat to be more drought-hardy, it became harder for us to digest. And unfortunately, that's not something we'll we'll find out until years down the track. So that's... Braden sends it's, that it's, one it's in. A valid, it's a valid question. It is a valid question. I think, though, this is the point, is that if you put ethanol in the plants to keep their pores closed, they they don't have to genetically modify them. And ethanol is something that can be washed off, removed. Obviously, when you don't receive the... Obviously, when you receive the plant, they don't have ethanol in them. This, like, is, you won't, this is a question you, that we will know the answer to in 20 years. You won't eat wheat bix from ethanol-treated wheat and get drunk? No. Hopefully you won't get cancers caused by or go petroleum, blind. petroleum pl- yeah, products that's or right. go blind either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. All right. Uh, we have another text message here. It's like, I wonder what sort of dialects would have formed if we had obeyed God after the flood instead of trying to build the Tower of Babel. Well, now that's interesting because I'm in dialects, dialects form. Yeah. They just do. That's the just nature of... area. Yeah, you get people who live in a particular area and a particular dialect forms in that area. So that just happens. Imagine mm. if there was just one language and a bunch of dialects 
rather than a bunch of languages. Yeah, that's like the crazy thing like about dialects, but especially in countries that are so small. Like I was mentioning in Spain, like you've got a tiny country nestled in and amongst countries around them that speak different languages. So they've got their, they're a small country in their own area with their like clear language, you know, that starts in Madrid in the center. That's like, like the type of Spanish they use is Castellan Spanish, which is like, you know, in the way that Madrid people speak, it's kind of like the London of Spain, mm-hmm. you know, so they speak proper Castellan Spanish and you drive five hours and they speak the same Spanish, but with such an accent that it's not even like, it's barely even understandable for when Spanish speakers. you drive speakers. five hours from London, you're going to have the same thing. That's right. Because you hear Scotland. You meet Northerners. <laughs> Scotland and it's just like... I don't know what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And it's like, why? Like, in Australia, we just don't have that. No. Our dialects are completely based on either whether you immigrated or not. That's right. Or your social class. Do you know why we don't have different dialects? I mean, in the United States, they have different dialects. Uh. It's because of the nature of our gold rush. Mm. What happened with our gold rush is that we became we our, our population flowed from one side of the nation to another so much that it obliterated the formation of dialects. Mm. And then of course being a much newer nation than say the United States or somewhere like you know some of these other countries the other thing that came into play was that very soon after our nation was formed, so the gold rush was the first thing that just basically washed the language, washed all the dialects away from from the language. And the second thing was that once the gold rush was over, you had modern transport. Mm. And as soon as you got modern transport, that's the end of dialects because everybody starts to intermingle with each other and it all just, sure. you know, heads its own way. Homogenizes. So, so. Yeah, that's why we don't have that in Australia. We are a unique country in that... You can sometimes go, I think that guy's from Queensland or that definitely sounds Tasmanian. Oh, definitely South Australian. Like they all have that British kind of accent going on. But no, I would never say definitely on any of our different dialects. It's Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, the biggest difference is either how how recently you immigrated to Australia or whether you're a bogan or not. Yeah. (laughs) So social class is... That's about how it goes. 100%. Hey, I've got a question that's come in. From Sky, and she asks, "If a cow doesn't produce milk, is it a milk dud or an utter failure?" Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Oh! She's getting at us about the dad jokes that we were telling in the week. I think that's a mum joke. Yeah. I think I think it's right up there with dad jokes, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's not a failure. Um, <laughs> Deary me. We have, How come you've got all the text messages this oh, morning? It's just, they're all just coming through to me. Uh, not fair. Every extra installment for and Owen's sack. story <laughs> just blows me away. But more importantly, it blows me away how patient, loving, and caring God is. Even with all our mistakes, God uses them for good. I mean, he can really use them. How much more powerful could our story be if instead of waiting for these massive crises... If instead we just submitted to God first, how much less pain would we go through and put others through? Yeah, good comment right there. So true. Absolutely. Like God ultimately has the best plan for us. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, this, okay, the nature of choice and how that affects like a God who knows the end from the beginning is such a perplexing thing because it's like, does God know every branch of choice that we could possibly make at any time? Or does he just know the choices that we're going to make 
before they happen, and that's the only branch of time that he sees. Like, the Bible is pretty clear. We have freedom of choice, but how does God interact with that freedom of choice in Mm -hmm. terms of his perspective of reality? Yes. And it's so tough. But what we do know is, hey, if we made the decision to follow God's plan in whatever situation we're in, whether we are far from God or close to him or, you know, we go through a period of unfaithfulness back to faithfulness or we go through a period of faithfulness to unfaithfulness back to faithfulness, whichever way it happens, coming back to God, he's always got the best plan in mind. He most certainly does. And finally, Vincent says, good ethanol plant question. I was thinking the same thing. You know, how's it going to affect the plants? Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. So if you, all right. <clears throat> I have some text messages here uh-huh. that you didn't get. Oh, really? Yes. What, what are they? So I get to do some. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I haven't been, I haven't been <laughs> entirely been fired Okay, yet. Lyle. I actually right, sent so this him one... a send text message just to make him feel better. <laughs> <laughs> this one, actually, you did not send me because it's getting you in all kinds of trouble. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Someone giving you a hard time? Uh-huh. Okay. Not sure why you are saying that Spain is a small country. For a European country, it's big country. It's not Australia, though. This is from a Spaniard. I I know. You've insulted a Spaniard. That's fine. Oh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> okay, I can have an opinion on Spain. I live there, so every, I've... everybody from Spain is um, is now tuning out, and you can you can listen to Lyle here. Just, <laughs> just listen to Lyle's part of the show. Sure. But what's interesting is that you did say that what's got six different languages in Spain. Uh Mm, not different languages. Like dialects? in terms of languages, there's actually I would say that there's two, and that yeah. is Catalan Spanish and Catalan Spanish. Because Catalan. Yeah, what about Basque? Oh, that's ba- a different language. Basque. Well, which area is that in? Is that like on the French border? Is that I think so. Yeah. What you're talking about, like near Andorra, that kind of there's, thing. There's a couple of different languages there. As well. Yeah, but we don't count those. No, no. Nah, but in terms of like what? main languages, you've got Castellan, Spanish. Okay, and but PNG Spanish. is what half the size of Spain, quarter the size of Spain yeah. has 700 yeah, different languages. Intense. That's a country with a lot of languages, right mm-hmm. there. That's the one to go and have, take a look at. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. Okay, so getting back to text messages. This one's interesting. New Bibles for Zambia. A lot of effort is going into doing this. But reminds me of a passage that says, and this gospel of the kingdom will go to all the world and then then shall the end come. Mm. Just imagine what will happen when the angel of Revelation 18 enlightens the whole Mm. world with glory. Uh, the work could be done in days. Mm. And then the Euphrates River drying up, God reminding us that time is short. We are actually living in the last days. Mm. Are we ready for the second coming? Mm. And I think this is the important thing with the drying up of the River Euphrates. Yeah, it sort of catches our attention as Christians because like, oh, there's a prophecy in the Bible that says that will happen. Mm. So we've got this prophecy in the Bible, but that prophecy in the Bible is not actually about the literal river because you've got the literal local to the worldwide symbolic principle of mm. apocalyptic prophecy. Mm. And so the drying up of the river Euphrates in Revelation 16 has a worldwide context. But when you see the river Euphrates drying up, which is one of the great rivers in the world, it has to make you stop and ask some questions. You know, what's going on here? Mm. That's just not how things should be. Mm. And particularly when you look at the uh, the effects that are causing that and how it has taken place in such a short space of time, um, research there was that if you've got what a one degree rise in temperature, that river becomes unviable. Wow. Yeah. Yikes. All right, we've got David Edgar joining us on the phone this morning. David, welcome to the show. Yeah, how you doing, guys? 
Yeah, with that um, dialect thing, I noticed uh, when my wife and I went over to Fiji in um, 2018, you know how you were talking about uh, dialects? Mm. Well, the Fijians have their um, international Fijian language that they all know when they're out of their villages, but within the villages, they have their own unique language. And then because it's a tourist area, they do speak English. So they have the, the three languages. Mm. Yeah, and you find that in a few different places in the world where people will speak three different languages, the village language, the national language, and English. Yeah, yeah, and that's what we noticed. But it was quite sort of sort of off-putting when we were going back to the airport that um, um, a person was in the vehicle with us and talking to the uh, driver, and they were speaking in their language, and I thought, well, that's pretty rude in the sense of are you talking about us or are you just talking about a subject that you didn't want us to participate in? And I thought, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yes, you've always got to ask that question when somebody else just suddenly, you know, moves into another language. The uh, the, the embarrassing thing, of course, is those times when somebody moves into another language to gossip about, about someone they're sitting next to and then the person sitting next to them Talks back in that language. That's why you learn languages. <laughs> that that is why. So you can you can overcome awkward social situations. Uh, absolutely, David. It, it makes us feel a little bit ignorant living here in this country where we only speak one language. But mm. thank you so much for your contribution this morning. Actually, uh, just yes. quickly, you know where in the Bible we saw dialect have an effect? Where Shibboleth. No. Yes. What? Well, well, Shibboleth. Yeah. What happened in Shibboleth? Uh, the. Let me try and remember this. It was one of the tribes that couldn't say that. Oh. I think it was the Benjamites. Oh. You couldn't say the word. Okay. Well, I was, I was thinking of the time in which Peter denies Jesus, and they say to him, your speech betrays you. We know that you're Galilean. Because he would have spoken a, in a different dialect. He would have had a different accent. Okay. Who reckons that Galilean was the uh, Bogan Oh, 100% they were the Bogans. You had all the people, like all the higher-ups from Jerusalem, like all the rich people, and then like Galileans are like where Nazareth is. Like that's like, they're the Bogans for sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. Mm-hmm. Jesus comes to this earth and he's like, I'm going to start a new global worldwide religion. Where will I start? Bogans. Bogans. <laughs> because they are the most generous people on the planet. Amen. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay, that's what Jesus. That's where Jesus started. So mm-hmm. uh, let's 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 go. Okay, um, let's let's turn our Bibles. We're going to get into our Bible study. We're going to First Kings chapter nineteen this time, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about the story of Elijah. Mm. Okay, so let's talk about. We're talking about patience this week. Was Elijah a man of patience or not? Uh, sometimes. Okay, so this is an interesting one. The answer to that question is yes. Mm-hmm. The answer to that question is no. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's put a little bit of context here. Elijah is called by God to be a prophet. Mm. And his very first calling, Elijah the Tishbite, is to go to Ahab, who was the king of Israel. So this is not Judah now. This is Israel. It's in the Mm. north. To go to Ahab and say there's not going to be any rain rain for the next three and a half years, Mm. except by my word, you know, except as God speaks through me. And then he turns around and walks out. And I can imagine Ahab at the time going, who was that random? And then getting on with business. Mm. But after a week of no rain, it might have crossed his mind. After two weeks of no rain, 
it my it probably most definitely crossed his mind after a month of no rain. He's starting to think about it. after six months. He's like, find Elijah, mm. bring him here. We will torture him until he contacts God and gets it raining again. Mm. I'm sort of reading very much between the lines and adding yeah, but my sure. own fictitious part of the story here. But this was the idea as you know, this is basically the idea as to why Ahab was so desperate to find Elijah because his nation was going was falling into ruin with this mm. drought. Mm-hmm. Three and a half year drought is a very, very long drought. And so Elijah goes and lives by, by the Bible says the brook Cherith. Mm-hmm. So the a creek by the name of Cherith. Mm-hmm. He has no food, but God provides food for him. And the Bible says crows bring him food, and he eats the food that the crows bring to him. He lives there, hides out, until the creek dries up. Mm. So this is a guy, I would say, with a lot of patience. He's got people looking for him everywhere. He's gone into hiding, and he's happy to hang out by himself and have some pet crows. Mm -hmm. That would be amazing. Crows are like the most... Out of all of the bird pets that you could have, a crow would be my favourite because they are so intelligent. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, of course, he goes and lives with the widow of Zarephath. And uh, now he's up in Phoenicia, he's in Lebanon, he's to the north, and uh, he is waiting for the word of the Lord. Mm. And during this time, you can imagine that Elijah could have complained very bitterly. Why am I living here in by the brook Cherith? This is not fun. Why have I been exiled to Lebanon? What's going on here? Why, why, why? Can't we have an end to this drought already? Mm. I could imagine that Elijah going to God and saying, God, you know, I have, this is not going to affect Ahab. He's not going to change. Mm. Let's try something different. I'm, I'm kind of bored with this and done with it. Three and a half years is just is not working, and mm. you know Jezebel's still chasing down uh, the, all of the preachers and Bible workers that she can find, and 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 killing them all. Mm. And you've got Obadiah out there, of course, who's hiding as many of them as he can. They're living in caves. Mm. But Elijah has great patience during this time period, and then of course God says, "Okay, that's it. Go meet Ahab." And so he goes to meet Ahab, and we're, we're summarizing the story here, and Ahab's like, ah, you're the guy that troubles Israel. And Elijah's like, I haven't troubled Israel. I'm not the one that went and served Baal. Mm. You're the one that has troubled Israel. Call the whole nation together to Mount Carmel, and there we will decide who is God. And so the entire nation is called together. They gather together on Mount Carmel, and you can imagine that Ahab is in a bit between a rock and a hard place here because he wants to kill Elijah. Mm. But Elijah is the one who has the connection to God, who has the key to the clouds. Mm. And if he kills Elijah, he's killed that one connection in his nation that there is to God who can unlock the clouds and make it rain again. Mm. And so Elijah is kind of protected that way. And Ahab's kind of in a position where it's like, well, what are you going to do? You kind of have to do what Ahab said, what Elijah said, if you want it to rain. So he gathers the whole nation together. He's like, look, we need rain, guys. Let's do what Elijah says. So they all gather together on Mount Carmel. And the Bible tells the story how that Elijah says, look, let's just build two altars here, one altar to God, one altar to Baal. Let's pray to both of these gods and the God who answers by sending fire, then he's God, and uh, the God who doesn't answer by fire, well, he's just not God. Mm -hmm. And so 
the, the the prophets of Baal build their altar and they start their incantations to ask Baal to pour fire down on their altar. And they go at it all day. Mm. And Elisha is patient. And he just hangs out and watches them, makes a few, cracks a few jokes, tells them to yell a little bit louder because maybe Baal's asleep. And he does that all day. He shows great patience until the evening. And the evening, God does something absolutely ridiculous. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We are about to jump back into our Bible study. Let's have another question for our quiz. The final question for the quiz. Complete the verse. I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course and I have blank, blank, blank. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. If you know the answer to that one, if you do, you'll go into the draw to win our amazing biographies, The Man Who Couldn't Be Killed, The Richest Caveman, and The French Pilot. Again, that question was, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have blank, blank, blank. 491-064-669. Okay, so jumping back into our Bible study, we're talking about Elijah, and he's been up there on Mount Carmel. He's been kind of mocking those guys up there on Mount Carmel and who have been just going all day long. Mm. I mean, they have been dancing, they have been doing incantations, they have been yelling and screaming and praying and pleading, and they have been mutilating themselves. Mm. Blood is running out all over the place on their bodies, and Baal is just... Non-existent. Mm. And proving it. And proving it Mm. very, very well. Very, very studiously proving his lack of existence. And then what does Elijah do at the end of the day? Do you remember? Uh, He gets on his knees. Well, before he does this. Oh, that's right. He breaks some jars. Uh Puts a bunch of water on the altar just to really show to people, like, okay, this thing is wet. Yes. He gets on his knees and he prays. Just quietly. And God pours fire down from heaven and the fire burns the sacrifice. It burns the wood. It burns the stones of the altar Mm. and it licks up the water in the trench, the Bible says, just as if Elijah had been pouring petrol all over the whole thing. Mm. So really a remarkable experience that takes place here in relationship to what God has done. And so Elijah has shown great patience. Mm. He showed patience for three and a half years with no rain. Mm. He showed patience all day long when the prophets of Baal were being idiots. And then he goes out and he prays for rain and he sends his servant and says, is there any sign of rain? Mm. Sky is just crystal clear. So he prays again. He sends his servant, is there any kind of rain? Mm. And his servant comes back, it's not a cloud in sight. He keeps praying, he keeps sending his servant out, he keeps praying, he keeps sending his servant out. And once again, he's patient. Just keep praying. The rain's going to come. Eventually his servant comes back and says, there is a cloud. It's about the size of a hand on the horizon. Mm -hmm. And Elijah's quick, get down off the mountain or the storm will stop you. Wow. And you can imagine Ahab being like, yeah, no, I don't think so. But in a very short space of time, that rain cloud turned into a thunderhead and it was bucketing down. Mm. 
Yeah, I love that. It's like a cloud the size of a hand. Like yes. I could imagine, you know, we have like a high pressure system here in Newcastle and you still see like I look out of my window and I'm like, oh, look, there's clouds in the sky, but none of them have got rain. You're not rain them. clouds. <laughs> but he sees a tiny cloud. He's like, oh, this is it. Yep. Let's Get off go. the mountain. Mm. Get off the mountain. The rain will stop you. We'll be stuck here. Mm. And he leads that chariot all the way back to Jezreel that night. Mm. Okay, then he's sleeping off his exhaustion. Mm-hmm. Let's go to First Kings 19, verse 1 to 9. When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way that he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He went down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors who have already died. Then he lay and slept under a broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. He looked around and there beside his head was some baked bread on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and laid down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, get up and eat some more or or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. Interesting story. It's about 50 hours walking time from Mount Carmel to Beersheba. That's a a long hike. Mm -hmm. He and his servant make it that far and then he heads out into the desert and just walks until he's exhausted, Mm. until he's done. And so what you find here is that, yes, Elijah was patient, until he wasn't. Mm. Jezebel sends him this warning message and he loses all patience and just runs for his life. Mm. And it really does cause a significant blow to the work that God had done that day because if God is that powerful that he can bring fire from heaven, then why would you be scared of Jezebel? Mm. I mean, everybody was scared of Jezebel, but if you're a servant of God, you don't need to be scared of Jezebel. Mm. And by fleeing for his life, by disappearing like that, basically what he did was exhibit a lack of faith. Mm which is confusing for the people because they've seen him act in faith and then now they've seen him act not in faith and be like, well, what's going on here? Mm. And it would have blunted the impact of the testimony that he had borne. Mm. But does God give up on him when he acts without faith and acts with impatience? No. He's, no. he's right there. He's He's gone so far out into the desert. He's out of supplies. He lies down under a juniper tree and is like, Mm. I'll just die. I'm ready. I just, just, I'll just die. Mm. And what does God do? He gives him food. Yep. He gives him water. Yep. He says, "Hey, there's a place you got to go. Yep. Just keep eating so that you can do it." He doesn't come to Elijah and say, "Hey, you know, Elijah, you're stuffed up. Everything's a mess now. We were doing such a great work. I was doing such a great work through you and." You know, this is the biggest disaster ever because now mm. it's all come undone because of what you did mm. and give him a hard time. God didn't do that. Mm. God just like, here's some food. Mm. Have, a, have a rest. 
Here's some more food. Have some more rest. All right, let's go down to Mount Sinai and let's have a conversation. Mm. And so he goes down to Mount Sinai, and then, of course, we have the story of the conversation that takes place here. I love that question that comes to him, you know, Elijah, what are you doing here? Mm. I, uh, right there in verse 9. All right. Okay, so we've got some more passages here to look at. Let's go to Genesis 16, verse 1 to 3. We'll see how many of these we can get through. Mm. Genesis chapter 16, verse 1 to 3, as I find it on the page. The Bible says, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him, but she had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. So Sarai said to Abraham, The Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abram agreed to Sarah's proposal. So Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abram as a wife. This happened 10 years after Abram had settled in the land of Canaan. Yeah, wow. Um, And what a disaster that caused. Why? Because she didn't have patience. Mm. Matthew 20, verse 20, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons kneeling down and asking something from him. Can my sons be on your right hand or on your left? Another lack of patience right there. You know, in Acts chapter 9, verse 1, Saul, breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest asking for permission to go to Damascus. You know, the stories go on and on and on about people Mm. who lacked in patience. We need to learn to trust in God to be patient because God's timing knows no host and no delay. Mm. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Before we get into question of the day, and just want to remind our listeners, question of the day is your opportunity to ask any Bible question you like. Our stock of our, our our bucket full of questions is currently empty, so there's plenty of room for your questions. Send mm. it through, and we will add it to the list. Mm. But before we get to our question of the day, right now we have answers for our quiz. Answers for the quiz: Jesus said, "Peace be with you," three times uh, in John's recount. Which woman was a judge of Israel? That was. Deborah, Nebuchadnezzar made Daniel ruler over the province of Babylon. Which king did Saul take prisoner and didn't execute? That was Agag. And finally, complete the verse. Now, this is this one's interesting. I have fought the fight. I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Now, many people said, run the race. And that was incorrect. Firstly, it's not even grammatically correct. I thought every, every, didn't everybody say run the race? There was one person who said... Kept the faith. Kept faith. One oh, person, yes. There was one should, person who got them. it correct. But everyone else, would, they said run the race, which isn't even grammatically correct, first of all. But secondarily, it's also like from other verses. And, and nowhere in the Bible does it actually say run the race. Like It says run the race with endurance, you know, that's set before us. It says, you you're know. You're giving everybody a hard time this morning, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Yeah. but Because you're wrong. What do you mean? I mean, they're all wrong. They're all wrong, correct? Yeah, and they can they can go. Hey, but you know, but we did have one person who got it correct and who said kept the faith. I've kept the right. faith. That was uh, Raphael Calvo. Congratulations, shout big shout out. Good job. Out of about goodness knows how many people, he was the, the only <laughs> the one, only person. Got that one correct. But hey, right now it is time for question of the day. 
All right, well, our question of the day today is, what is ministering to the Lord according to Deuteronomy 10 and verse 8? Okay, so this is really interesting language right here because when we talk about doing ministering, when we talk about doing ministry and ministering, typically we use it in the context of ministering to other human beings. You know, we minister to people, we help people, we mm. do things for people, uh, we support them and so forth. And yet in Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse 8, the Bible talks about ministering to the Lord, when it says, in relationship to the tribe of Levi, at that time the Lord set apart the tribe of Levi to carry the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, to stand before the Lord, to minister to him, mm. and to bless his name to this day. So an interesting thing. They were to do a number of things, carry the Ark of God, and minister to God. Okay, so how do we minister to God? This is the big question right here. We understand how we can minister to other people, but... Does God need somebody to minister to him? You know, I mean, God is God. God is all-powerful. Why would we Why would we need to minister to God? So the verb that is translated to minister here in Hebrew is a word that means to serve, help, or aid. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how, how do you help God? How do you aid God? How do you, how do you serve God? Don't we do that by serving others? And what's interesting is you're going to find this context, this concept of ministering to the Lord rather than for the Lord, primarily in the Old Testament. So in the Old Testament, the language is going to typically actually be ministering to the Lord. Mm-hmm. In the New Testament, it is exclusively ministering for the Lord. Mm-hmm. Essentially, they're both saying the same thing. The reason that you've got a difference between the two is because in the Old Testament you have a priesthood. And in the Old Testament priesthood, you've got a lot of work that involves taking care of the temple and the sacrifices and the temple grounds and everything that is involved with it and the different services of the temple, the different uh, ceremonies that took place in that temple on a very, very regular basis. There's actually a lot of work involved in it. It was, it was very, very labor-intensive. And as a result, these people were seen as servants of God. So if they're servants of God, then they are serving God. If they are serving God, then they are ministering to God. How are they ministering to God? They are ministering to God by taking care of the temple and by taking care of his people. When you come to the New Testament, it is exclusively ministering for God because the temple is no longer relevant in the New Testament and the work that is done actually has a lot more to do with people and a whole lot less to do with a building. Mm. So the temple in the New Testament is made up of people, and so we minister for God to people rather than ministering to God by working in a temple. As you go through this day, don't forget to talk faith, live faith, act faith. You'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. For being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1 800 Faith FM.